What's up, guys? I'm Jared Lopes, and you're listening to the Dad Tired Podcast, where I'm helping everyday families learn how to follow Jesus in everyday life. How's it going, guys? Jared Lopes back here with you on the Dad Tired Podcast. It's good to be with you. Thank you for all those that continue to listen week to week. For those of you that are left have left kind reviews. Uh, thank you. Seriously, thank you. Uh, for those of you that are new to the Dad Tired Ministry, welcome. We're glad to have you. Uh, we're just a bunch of guys from around the world who are taking our faith, our family, and our marriage very seriously. We'd love to have you come be a part of that. You can do that by going to dadtired.com, looking for the community tab up at the top right. Um, when you do that, you're going to see a group groups of guys who are meeting in their city uh, or in their area around the country and around the world, but also we'll link you over to a closed group on Facebook um, where we have a bunch of guys who are just confessing sin, giving advice, sharing stuff, um, praying for each other, all kinds of good stuff there. So we'd love to have you come be a part of what we're doing. Go to dadtired.com and get connected there. If you're not Today's podcast, I am super, super excited about this. Like I literally, uh, I just took the kids to school. I r- rushed home uh, and couldn't wait to like hit record. Um, and it, it's kind of a following up with last week's podcast. If you listen to the last week's podcast, I ended it with the idea. And I've talked about this before. I've done uh, Instagram live videos about this. I've, I've talked about this in different platforms or conversation. But the, the idea that there are many of us who are frustrated um, with church, with life. Um, We just feel stagnant. We feel like there's got to be more to living out your Christian faith. Um, and, and you're, frankly, you're just bored. You're just, you're just bored and, uh, and boredom leads to bad things. Um, boredom, idle hands, uh, lead to sin and, uh, boredom leads to sin, man, typically, or just like, uh, lukewarmness or like meteorocracy. It just leads to not good things. Boredom does. And most likely you are bored, uh, because you have, and this is my opinion, you have yet to discover God's unique call and plan for your life. And so you're just kind of frustrated or cynical towards things. Um, and I, I say that because I, and I know that because I've been there and I, I've spent most of my adult life there. Uh, in fact, I, I was in ministry, uh, like at a church for 11 years. Uh, many of you know that if you've listened to the podcast, all of those years I was frustrated and, uh, and I, it was, I was trying to like pin my frustration to things like the church, um, the, the particular church that I was working at or the staff or the vision or whatever, uh, and I, or my role. And I kind of moved around to all different things. But what I've learned in the last couple of years is, uh, I just was not in the right spot. I was, it was more like a, like a rectangle peg trying to fit through a square, uh, block, right? Like it, it was close. Uh, it seemed like it fit. Um, I guess a more accurate analogy would be like an oval peg trying to fit into a circle hole, right? It just, it was really close and, and sometimes you could try to manipulate it and it seemed like it would fit, but it just wasn't quite the fit. And it left me frustrated left me with a lot of sleepless nights, um, and a lot of stress and sometimes like feeling depressed and all kinds of purposelessness and all that fun stuff. Um, and many of you are feeling that. 
maybe at your work, maybe at home, in your life, maybe all of those, maybe with the church, you, you, you feel all of those things. And I think it may be because you just have yet to discover your unique purpose. Like, why are you here? Why are you here on the earth? And I used to tell people, because people would ask me that, they were just like, man, I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know what God's will for my life is. And I, would use, I used to tell people, uh, and I still believe this to be true, that God's will for your life is to bring him glory. That's... Uh, we we know in scripture like that is ultimately your will God's will for your life it's just to bring him glory um this is his story not your story um but i do think that god has uniquely designed everyone with gifts and skills and passions and uh talents and weaknesses um all of these things that when you start to like fully know how God has made you and wired you uniquely, that when you start to operate in that, you can best uh, start to give God glory through your life. Um, so today, that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, I plan on, there's no way that we're going to be able to cover all of the stuff that I want to cover that's going in my mind and on my heart um, in, in this short podcast. I plan on doing a separate webinar that will be free uh, that you'll be able to tune in live to and ask questions, but um, that, that will kind of unpack this even deeper. But I want to at least start to get the conversation going. And also keep in mind this, I've been talking about this for about the last six months, mainly trying to, I'm, I'm trying to figure out my own words and language here. Like I'm trying to put language to what's on my heart. And uh, and I'm, I feel like I'm kind of stumbling around in it. So you'll have to forgive me in some ways, in many ways, you're like my guinea pigs uh, as you listen to this, as I try to articulate the things that I feel like God has put on my heart. Um, and, and again, most of this comes out of my own life experience, what I've been feeling the last specifically year as God is kind of um, working in me to, to, to help me figure out how God has uniquely designed me and what that means for his glory, my good and his glory. Um, so that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, we have to start out, listen, like when you're, when you're thinking through God's will for your life and and your purpose. So that's that's what we're talking about today. Your purpose, like why are you here on the earth, and God's will. How do those two things intersect? Um, before we can even start to like really dive into the meat and the bones of that conversation, we have to first step back and remember the story of God. Or maybe if you don't know it, maybe you have to just like hear it and start to understand the story of God first. That has to be our North Star. That has to be the thing that's we're, we're chasing after is what is God's story throughout humanity? Like what is the overarching story of what God is doing throughout the world and throughout history? Now, Listen, if we don't uh, understand that first, if we if we don't understand God's overarching story in history with humanity, then this just becomes a self-help and how to make you you personally more happy. And uh, that is not what I'm trying to do here. I'm not I'm not chasing after this stuff um, just to so that you can be more happy and feel more fulfilled. Although I think those things are good. I even think that God desires that for you in in many ways. But ultimately, what we're chasing after is God's glory and to contribute to his story, uh, what he's doing in the world. And I think that, and I believe that, if you can start to understand your unique calling and purpose for your life and the way that God has designed you, then it will be a circle peg going through a circle hole. It, you will be, you'll be—you'll start to fire on all cylinders. And as a result, once you start to figure out how God has uniquely designed you for his glory, 
then you are going to feel more happy and fulfilled. Things won't necessarily get easy. There's no magic pill for life. Like life will always be hard because we're stuck in our sin and other people's sin and junk and brokenness that God will redeem one day. But for now, there's a bunch of junk. And so it's not going to be easy, but you will feel a sense of peace um, and a, a sense of like you can lay your head down on your pillow at night knowing that you are operating in the way that God has designed you to operate. So again, this is not for uh, just for your joy and fulfillment. There's a lot of people out there who will like help coach you uh, and uh, help help get figure out like how, what your purpose is. I'm reading a lot of books even right now. Uh, really, really good stuff. Um, but they come from a secular point of view, meaning they're not gospel-centered. They're not trying to point you back towards Jesus. They're just trying to help you figure out what your own unique purpose is. Um, there's a guy named Simon Sinek, who's, uh, in my mind, probably the best speaker and articulator on this subject right now. He has a book called Start With Why. He doesn't come from a Christian perspective, so he's not going to try to point you back towards Jesus and his glory and his story. At the end of this, but he is giving really, really good stuff. Um, so check his stuff out. I, I've, I've been reading and listening to a lot of his stuff. Really good stuff. But again, the point here, the point that I'm trying to do that I haven't really seen many people, or re- I, I can't name anyone off the top of my head that's talking about this specifically from the context of what is God's story and what is your unique calling and gifting, and how do those two things intersect? I think the church needs to be talking about this more, which is why we're talking about it today. I know you're like, Jared, that's a long intro. Let's just get to it. So let's get to it. First, the the, the, the thing that we have to understand first is what is God doing throughout history and throughout the world? So I'm going to give you like a super fast track overview of the entire Bible here. Ready? Uh, don't check out. I know some of you are just like, oh man, I've sat through church for years and years and years. I don't want to hear this. Let's get to the me part. Listen, uh, this is not about you. It's about God's glory and his story and what he's doing through history. So you have to understand this. Otherwise, you, I, I do not believe that you're going to feel that sense of peace and satisfaction until you understand this part. God created humans. This is the beginning of the story for humanity. God created earth and stars and planets and seas and galaxies and and moons and uh, trees and oceans and all that. And after everything, he's, he's saying, this is good. This is good. This is good. This is really good. God's like taking pride in his work. And keep in mind, God did not create humans because he was bored or because he was lonely. God created out of his grace and out of his love. He wanted to reveal himself to you that you would enjoy him and his creation. Um, and so you find satisfaction when you're just enjoying God, when you're when you're starting to operate in the things that God has created you to operate on and you just love God. Like that is your purpose. That's unique. God's unique call on or God's call for humanity is that we would give him glory and enjoy God. Just like uh, Adam and Eve walked around in the garden and enjoyed his presence. They were walking with him in the cool of the day, as Genesis 3 says. So God creates humans and everything's great. Like everything was operating as it was designed to operate. God created humans, man, woman to be together, that there would be companionship. Like I just said, they were walking with God in the cool of the day. There was no uh, shame or fear or um friction in the relationship. Everything was exactly as God designed it to be, both for humans, like both Adam and Eve were operating together. Um, Their relationship together had no friction 
and their relationship with God was exactly as God designed it to be. Everything was working very smoothly. Now, listen, that story, that part of the story lasts for less than like two pages in most Bibles. Unless you've got giant font on your Bible, that that part of the story is very, very short. Um, and and uh, it, and that <laughs> things take a, a turn for the worse very very quickly in the story. I always tell people that the Bible should be about two pages long because we get three chapters into Scripture when man and woman decide they they make a decision the same decision that you and I make all the time. They ask themselves, "I wonder if there is something out there more satisfying for my soul than God." And as a result of that question, their hearts long for something outside of Jesus. They turn to find joy and satisfaction outside of God. And as a result, they sin. They they fall into sin. And now there's a friction in the relationship between humanity and God. So now there's friction. between. They start to blame each other. Adam and Eve now start to have friction. And humans have friction with God. And Everything starts to fall apart from the most macro level to the most microscopic level. Sin enters into the equation and everything starts to break down. It is no longer as God designed it to be. Now, the Bible should be, it should be two pages long. God should have bailed. He should have said, listen, I'm out. I'll go make humans somewhere else. I'll go start a new planet and do my own thing. But God doesn't. It's his very first act of grace. God says, listen, I will make things Right again, I will bring things back to the way that they used to be. And that is the rest of scripture. That is the rest of the story. There is friction between humans and God. And Jesus enters into the story. Uh, I'm skipping over some huge chunks of scripture, obviously, for time's sake. But Jesus enters the story. Uh, and says, I, you don't have the capability, humans, your goodness, your morality, your good works, your good deeds, they cannot make you right with God. You will always have sin and junk in your life. No matter how moral or churchy or Christian you try to be, you will always fall short. But I will separate, I will fill in the gap for you. I will pay the price that you deserve to pay. I will pay the fine that you deserve to pay. I will give my life as a ransom for yours. And as a result, Jesus does a miraculous thing, and he, he, se- he takes what is separated, that friction between humans and God, and he joins them together again. And he says that now you can be back to the way that God designed things to be. You can start to experience kind of what the Adam and Eve experienced in the Garden of Eden. You can start to experience heaven here on earth. And then he tells his disciples, now go and start to make other disciples, start to tell other people about this good news that I've made all things right. Again, like there's a way back to God that there wouldn't be friction. And so on earth, we get glimpses of heaven because of what Jesus has done, because of what he's doing in our lives, because he has restored relationship between humanity and himself. We get glimpses of heaven, his kingdom coming here on earth. In fact, he uses us uh, in that story to, to see God's kingdom come here on earth. But then he gives the promise and he says, one day I will come back. And we will feast again and there will be no more crying and no more tears and no more shame and no more fear. And I will be your God and you will be my people and all things will be made right again. The end of the story, the end of scripture starts as a fulfillment to Genesis 3 where God says, I will make all things right again. God is nostalgic. He remembers how things used to be. And as a result, 
all of scripture is him bringing back, redeeming back the things the way they used to be back in the garden. And uh, we get glimpses of that here on earth, but one day it will be exactly like it used to be where we are walking with God uh, in the cool of the day and we're enjoying his presence and our joy is found in him alone. That's the story of God. I don't know how long that took me, but that's the story of God. Obviously, I I jumped over huge details, but the overarching story of God is that God is redeeming all things back to himself so that we can find enjoyment and pleasure in him, that we could live life to the fullest because we find our full satisfaction in him. And God is using his church, you, me, to be part of this redemption of the world back to himself. Now, that is the story of God. And now we need to specifically talk about how do you fit into that? Before we do, let's take a quick break. Let me uh, take a sip of water because I've been flying here. Uh, Take a quick break and then we're going to come back and talk about this. What's up, guys? Traditionally in the church, men have been the hardest demographic to reach, and yet Dad's Hired Ministry has successfully been able to engage guys from all around the world with the gospel, equipping and encouraging them to be the men that God has designed them to be. We're a nonprofit ministry, which means we rely heavily on your support. If you love this podcast and believe in what we're doing, would you consider giving 19 bucks a month to help us keep going? You can do this by going to dadtired.com forward slash give. Thank you, seriously, for being on this journey with me. And I can't tell you how excited I am to see what God does with our community in the years to come. I just want to reiterate again, thank you to those of you that are partnering with us, that believe in what God's doing, that you are uh, passionate about this ministry, that we we want to see guys' hearts change, not just their behavior change. And so for those of you that have uh, supported this ministry, thank you. And for those of you that want to, please do. Uh, it really, uh, I, th- I think we're changing the world, man. I really believe that. <laughs> uh, so let's dive in here. We know God's overarching story of what he's doing. He's redeeming the world back to himself so that it can be the way it used to be, and he'll make all things right again one day. And we get to be part of that redemption. Uh, We get to be part of seeing heaven come to earth uh, on heaven coming to earth as it is in heaven. Um, So let's dive into some specifics here. This would be a great time. I don't know how, where you're listening to this podcast. You could be driving, you could be at work, wherever you're at. This would be a good time. If you, if you don't have an opportunity to like have something to write down with a pen uh, and some paper or your phone to take notes, uh, I'm going to start diving into some specific things here. So maybe come back and listen to the podcast. If you, if you uh, don't have the opportunity to take notes again, I'll be doing a webinar on this so we can kind of dive deeper, but let's dive into some specifics about you. What is your unique calling, your purpose that aligns with what God is doing in the world, redeeming all things back to himself. So the very first thing that you want to ask yourself is, uh, what are your strengths? Like some of the most obvious questions here. We'll just start real broad and kind of go narrow. What are your strengths? Now, now, one of the best ways to find this out like, is not to think, oftentimes we think what we want to be good at. Uh, what we desire to be good at. Instead of asking that, what like what you want to be good at or what you think you're good at or what you hope to be good at, ask somebody else. Uh, ask your spouse, ask your friends. Like, hey, what, do you, what would you say are my top three to five strengths? What, what would, as an, kind of an objective perspective, what would you say are the things that I do best? Another way of thinking about this is what has been consistent 
throughout your life. Like even as a child, God had hardwired you for his glory and for the redemption of the world back to himself. He had already known that you would be part of his family, that he would adopt you into his family. And so as a kid, he he had already hardwired hardwired you for this stuff. What has been consistent? What kinds of things have you loved and been passionate about and been good at even as a child? And maybe that's full it's it's become more fully developed obviously as you've gotten older, but what are some things that you were excited about that you were passionate about that you believed in that you were good at as a kid? What has been consistent? So that's one of the questions you're asking. What has been consistent throughout my life? Maybe not just something that you've like this month you've got into, but what are the consistencies throughout your life that you've been good at, that you've been passionate about, that you've been excited about, that other people have told you? And that kind of leads into the next one. What have other people affirmed in you? What have other people throughout your life said you're good at? Have you won awards? Have you received recognition at work or in your community? What have other people said consistently? What have you heard often that you're good at doing? Now, keep in mind, this isn't just like a hobby or skill. It could be the way that you treat people. Um, it could be, you know, for my wife, my wife is such a good example of this because she's one of the one of the people that would feel like, man, she just she's really trying to figure out what is her purpose, and she just she says all the time, like, I don't feel like I'm good at anything, or I'm great at anything, which is crazy for me as an outsider watching her life. Uh, she's been recognized. She works at the hospital. She's a nurse. She's been recognized with numerous awards for her compassion. Every time we meet someone, this just happened on our anniversary on the cruise, um, we were telling them the story of Dad Tired, and I said that it had kind of come out of me and my junk, and really, and I said we were in a rough spot in marriage, and obviously Layla had nothing to do with it, it was all on me, and and the couple that we were telling this laughed, and they're like, we can see that, like, we could see how she would be the innocent one here, because uh, just her presence carries like this, this, this rightness, this justice, this grace, like she does the right thing. Um, and she carries this grace and humility about her. And those people, that couple was able to recognize that in her within the first night that we met her. And we talked about that later in the room. She's like, what was that all about? Like, those people don't even know me. And I told her, like, babe, your very soul, your very nature, like, comes out and exudes in you that you are, like, gracious and you're compassionate. And so so it's not necessarily a skill, but it's something that she... Uh, you know, and far as like, how do you get awarded for that necessarily? But she has this ability, this hardwiring in her that's naturally gifted. God is naturally gifted. People who just meet her see this. So, what kinds of things in you are natural? Like, they're, they're, they're other people affirm these qualities about you. Uh, maybe throughout your whole life, or it's been consistent. What other qualities uh, do you have that people have affirmed in you? The last point on the strengths thing is uh, what comes naturally to you that might be difficult for other people um, throughout your life and, and, and maybe your work life or your childhood or both. What kinds of things do you do well that maybe other people don't do well or that you find really easy that other people would be like, ah, oh, that's not easy for me at all. I hate that. Or other things that you are good at that people really struggle with. These are starting to indicate some of the things that God has hardwired you for. Um, what comes naturally to you that may not come naturally to some other people. Now, again, we can't unpack all of these kind of categories, all the strengths right now because of time. We're already running low on time. 
unfortunately, but start to think through what kinds of things do you do or what you're passionate about that other people may not be passionate about or things that are easy for you that might not be easy for other people. What kinds of things, uh, what have other people affirmed in you uh, for your life? What kind of consistent patterns do you see in your life where other people have affirmed these things in you? The second thing we want to move to is the opposite, weaknesses. What are some things, now people are like, I don't want to think about my weaknesses, but this is a huge part of discovering your unique calling and purpose. Um, A lot of people, uh, we were given labels as children. Um, Some of the most successful people like in business now are dyslexic, and that was labeled as a weakness for them when they were children, Um, and yet we're finding, the people are finding that like dyslexic people, for whatever reason, and I'm sure there's lots of studies as to why, but they have advantages. They look at the world differently than other people, and they're they're creative, and they're finding solutions. Um, and so what other people may have labeled you as a weakness, or, or maybe you've looked at in your own life like, this is a weakness, I don't want to think about it. It can actually reveal in you um, what some of your, mo- your, your greatest strengths are and, and can start to refine your purpose. Um, one question that you can ask yourself on this is what has been a constant frustration for you? What are you constantly frustrated with in your own life? Now, for me, I am terrible at details. I am a really good at vision casting uh, and kind of giving high level overview of like, here's where I want to go. But when it comes down to the details, I suck at them. And for most of my life, I've been frustrated by that. Like, man, I just want to be good at the details. I'm starting to learn God hasn't wired me for details. That's not my that's not my skill set. That's not my wiring. Another kind of uh, weakness that I've had is I'm and it kind of goes along the same lines here is I I'm great with your first impression. Um, so like if we, if you came to me and you said, Jared, I'm really struggling with this problem. If we meet our initial meeting for about one hour is going to be awesome. You're going to feel really loved and cared for and shepherd. But if we go over an hour, I'm going to start to get really bored in my ADD. My weakness is going to kick in and I'm going to, you're going to lose me. I'm going to like start to quickly lose that shepherding heart. If we had to meet consistently over and over and over about that same topic, I would fail you as a friend and as a pastor. It is not my gifting. I don't have that deep, long-term shepherding heart that other people possess. Uh, and so I've learned that I'm good at like, if you if you want one meeting and you need some encouragement and grace one time, I'm going to be there for you. But I've also learned I'm not your long-term guy. So how can I help people figure out long-term strategies to help them overcome their junk and their stuff and their hurt? Um, and I've just figured out, okay, I need to have a good tool box of resources to give people because I'm not going to be the best person for them long-term. What I initially viewed as a weakness, I've just learned how to play and I've, I've learned that about myself. and figured out, okay, this is who I am and this is how to best operate within that weakness. What characteristics uh, do you wish you had that you don't? Um, And this is a really good one. There are a lot of things that I wish I could do that um, I'm just not good at. And, and And what you have to ask yourself is, is this an area that I can grow in? If I put some discipline and I put some hard work towards, will I grow in this area? And what, or... Do I just need to like give this up to stop I stop trying to be somebody else or somebody else's 
passion or gifting. Um, most of my life, uh, I tried to be like I, I saw a successful pastor in ministry was just like a theological geek, right? They could like quote scripture from everywhere in the Bible and give it to you in Hebrew and Greek and like give you all Old Testament references and cross references and all this stuff. And I oftentimes try to like live up to that when I taught. And uh, I ended up sounding like foolish or like like I didn't know what I was really talking about. I couldn't keep up in those conversations. And I was trying to operate in somebody else's strengths that aren't my strength. My brain doesn't operate like that. I have to use like really pared down language to figure stuff out. And when I started to teach like that, the responses that people were just saying, man, thank you for speaking my language. That resonated with me so much. That just happened to me yesterday at DMV. I went to DMV. A guy came up to me in the parking lot. I had never met him before, but he had heard me teach. He listens to the podcast. And he said, thank you. The way that you speak helps resonate with me. It just speaks my language. What's happening there is I just started to learn to not try to be somebody else, uh, to give up the things that I thought I wanted to be good at, and just operate within the way that God has designed me uniquely. So what kinds of things, uh, characteristics that you wish you had that you don't? This, by the way, uh, is really good to find partners. Like you want to oftentimes we're drawn to people that have the same passions and the same strengths as us. And those actually oftentimes can make some of the worst partners with you, whether that be a marriage partner or whether that be a business partner or a hobby partner, whatever. We're, we're drawn towards people that have weaknesses. And at first, your first couple of meetings, you're both stoked, but then you find out you don't really move anywhere because you're, you're either all about the ideas and no action, or you're all about action and you forget the details. Your best partners, both in marriage uh, and business, and hobbies and work will be the people that have the strengths that you do not possess. Um, And once you recognize that, you'll start to actually appreciate that person because they're helping fill the gaps in the way that God didn't wire you. Uh, It's the body of Christ coming together for his glory. Um, And so like my wife, we cannot be more opposite in every single area of life. We are 100% opposite of each other. Uh, and and now what used to be frustrating and at times can still be frustrating because she thinks so differently than me. I look at her in my when I'm like filled with the spirit and when I'm operating with kingdom perspective, I look at her as a gift. She is giving me things. She's adding perspective that I would never think about. Um, she's giving me, she's operating within my weaknesses that happen to be her strengths. And as a team, we work really, really well together when we're firing on those uh, in those cylinders. Uh, what have other people told you consistently that you need to grow in? Uh, where where have you kind of in school did you fail? Um, in in uh, work and other things, have you been like in trouble for? Uh, these are good things to think. Okay, I need to stop trying to be those things. Can do I need to either? put discipline and grow in these areas? Or do I need to just give them up? Delegate your weaknesses. I've become a huge fan of realizing I suck at this area of my life. I'm not good at it. God has not designed me for it. So I'm going to delegate it to somebody who has much better uh, (laughs) capabilities. This is their strength. And again, the question you have to ask yourself is, with the weaknesses, am I being lazy? Am I not being disciplined? Do I need to grow in this area? Is this something God wants me to grow in? Or do I just need to give up trying to be strong in that area, put it aside and go hard after my strengths and kind of uh, pair up with people who are good at my weaknesses? Now, listen, we're at the 30 minute mark, so I'm going to actually pause here. Uh, I know hopefully this has been really helpful. Hopefully you've been really engaged. Uh, I've got I've got a whiteboard sitting next to me filled up and we didn't even get through like a third of it. 
So what I'll do is I'll continue with this part two next week. Um, but let's start to get after this stuff. It starts to get really fun. Again, we're just scratching the surface here of what uh, is going to happen. Eventually, what we want to do is really find out what are your unique strengths, what are your uni- unique weaknesses, your passions, your fears. Uh, and we're going to kind of like hone in on you for a little bit and figure out, okay, how has God uniquely desired you or designed you? And then Pair that with his overarching story of how he's redeeming the world back to himself, how those two things intersect, and when those two things intersect, you start to have your purpose paired up with God's will for the world and for your life, and it's really, really exciting, and you start to have this deep peace within your heart that's really, uh, it's it's. It's just there's no other joy like that, to know that you find your joy in Christ and you're confident in the way that he's wired you. Now, listen, some of this, um, I hope, messes with you deeply. Like, I hope that you start to question where you're working, what you're doing. And I know that might freak you out, but there are many of you who are going to churches, who are involved in... the way you're involved in churches, uh, the what you're doing at work, the way you're parenting, the way your marriage is operated because you have yet to, you're frustrated because you've yet to find God's unique calling and design on your life. And so I, I hope this messes with you. I hope the spirit of God um, starts to stir in you stir up in you this idea that um, he has more for you and he wants you to figure out who you are, um, the way that he's designed you for his glory. Um, at the the best homework you can do right now, guys, is to pray. It's just to say, God, uh, can you start to reveal in me the way that you've created me and designed me so that I can best operate within your glory and, uh, and for my good and for your glory. Thank you guys for listening. I hope this was helpful. If it was, would you please rate, subscribe, leave a review. It's so helpful. It keeps us on the front page of iTunes so more and more people can be engaged with what God's doing through the gospel. Uh, and so thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your attention. Please rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Love you guys. Thanks so much for listening. Later. Thank you.